Welcome to the Better With Running podcast. My name is Chris Armstrong. I'm a Run to PB coach and alongside me is our host for tonight, Zaka Newman, who's a fellow Run to PB coach. And mate, we're up to episode 108. How are you going? Good, mate. Yes. Yes. Uh, good to be back on, Chris. Great to chat again. And yeah, another another episode, big one lined up. Yeah, 108. Jeez, getting up there. We've, we've made a start. We're going on with it. I think I saw something... Um, for the Melbourne Marathon, 17 days. Would that, make, would that be right? Yes, I did see that too. Actually, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, um, I'll, I'm noticing, I'll, I, are you noticing it around um, even your neck of the woods, a few more people getting out? I know the weather, now we're getting a bit more light at night. Um, over in Melbourne, like the tan is just starting to really pick up. Um, I did a session, we'll talk about that later. Uh, the boulevard, I reckon there was, 100 200% more people there like it's really picking up like um yeah i think everyone is is really gearing up towards uh the melbourne marathon and just yeah the better weather's getting people out there yeah absolutely mate i know locally park run numbers are up um mm. n- numbers at training for shep runners club are up as well so um yeah it's in the air don't worry about that yeah, for sure, mate. And we're actually going to chat about that a little bit later. We're going to, we saw some results uh, online come through from the Shep Runners Club 10K handicap. So pretty keen to hear how that all went down, Chris. So um, another big week of your training to, to cap off. I think you, um, I think you uh, pounded out another big Sunday run, which is um, pretty cool to see on Strava coming back after my run to see what you'd done. Yeah, no, there was a, a couple of little highlights there during the week. So now I'll have, have a bit of a chat about that. And we've got a special guest as well, mate. We have. We have got uh, one of my training partners. We've got Kiwi Steve, who's going to uh, join us. So Steve Langdon, I know we've mentioned him. Oh, I've mentioned him a couple of times. And um, yeah, we're going to be talking all things uh, mental training. He's got a, a very, um, <laughs> he's pretty well we're saying off air, he's, he's way too qualified Um be on this show isn't he i mean he's still, <laughs> well when soap's on the she does bring the uh the iq level up a lot more but steve's got that many um acronyms after his name on an email signature it's just like this guy's um super switched on and smart yeah sort of his sort of specialty is psychology with a deep interest in sports psychology so it'd be good to pick his brain on i guess some of the, the mental makeup towards the marathon and um you know i guess trying to get um the mental side of you right to run the very best that you can yeah we've been chatting in the background about getting um steve on for a little while and i think the timing's right with um you know this a lot starting to get into taper mode and a lot of races we've got um overseas marathons we've got a few in london berlin kicking off um so yeah and obviously melbourne right across from the you know five 10k up to the marathon and um, i think the timing's right to have a bit of a Bit of a chat about um yeah some some mental strategies for for race day and and all that. But Chris, should we um we roll into a bit of a training update from you? I noticed you hit uh, in a pretty big week, so yeah, you want to kick that off? 
Yeah, we'll do, mate. It was it was a good week. Um, we knocked over eighty one k's for the week and featured a ten k threshold on the Thursday. And um, let's just put it this way: the weather conditions were less than ideal. Uh, pretty much just bolted rain the whole time. Coming sideways, it was windy. Um, yeah, it was sort of one where I think if you're running by yourself, you'd hear the rain pounding on the roof and think, "Oh, maybe I'll just leave at half an hour." But um, no, the commitment was there. Meeting Anna at five thirty so that we could go and do this. And um, yep, so here we were in the dark, um, getting a smash of rain. Neither of us could see all that well, but um, we're still pretty happy with how the the session rolled out uh, it was exactly at the right effort that we wanted to. The pace fluctuated a little bit and we were prepared for that. No, we didn't really care in that essence because, you know, with a headwind in, in one direction, it's a tailwind in the other and um, I mean, the rain's the rain. It could be like that um, on race day. So tick that one off and um, took it pretty easy on the Saturday because Sunday we rolled... 30 kilometers so we did an hour and 40 pretty easy although um it was interesting we've had a fair bit of rain here and um there's a lot of water in the dams close by so they've started to release some of that because uh, they're at capacity so where we'd normally go on our loops for our long run we actually had to turn back because there was flood water um, over a path or it was fairly deep too so um there was absolutely no chance we we're getting through that so um made up how'd you go with that um chris oh because I think um, we're pretty, as runners, a lot of us are pretty steadfast in like the routes we go on and and yeah, what we're used to and then a bit of a spanner in the works. How did that um, <laughs> that go for you? Yeah, well, I, I ummed and ahed for a few seconds and Anna, Anna just put her foot down and went, no, <laughs> it's yeah. not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. And um, to be honest, it was exactly the right call. And it, yeah. um, I'm glad someone was capable of making a mature decision because <laughs> I, I was like, no, we've got to run our loop. And then, yeah. Um, no. It, yeah. There was absolutely no way we were getting through that water. And it just would have sucked because would have had wet feet for the whole yeah. rest of the run. And I think we we're only about 7K in by that stage. But um, yeah, we were fortunate enough that even though we started early, there was enough light where we could see the water over the path. And yeah, there was no chance we were getting through that. So, um, no, but it ended up being an hour 40 easy and then 25 minutes at marathon effort. And then we we're just a, an easy 15 minutes to finish. And um, yeah, like really positive. I think, um, well, you know, 25 minutes at marathon effort doesn't sound like a lot when you load it into the back end of a run mm. and sort of only 48 hours off, um, you know, a threshold. It, it does, you know, there is a bit of fatigue that builds up and we're just having a look at our our running and it was in that sort of um thursday to sunday period we end up running 60 kilometers so oh. um you know it's yeah. some big, big days there and um we're sort but of even on. i was just gonna say even the back of a, a it's a, it's your bigger you're at the bigger side of your training weeks as well so at the mm. end of the week that fatigue in the legs um makes it even more yeah it's a it's a, it's a cracking long run that one yeah no it went really well i think um Really exciting thing was um, when we finished that one, you know, just having a chat to Anna, how'd that feel? And it wasn't so much like, it, you know, it, there was some fatigue there at the end and, and we were starting to get a bit tired. But I think um, we both came away really thinking that, you know, we're going to be able to, we're confident that the distance isn't going to be a problem. 
um, mm. and, and sort of being able to run it at an effort level that's probably um, one that'll probably do the training justice we feel at this stage. But hey, there's still two and a half weeks to go. But um, yeah, at this stage, we'll, um, you know, I'm looking forward to getting on the start line for a marathon, mate, and getting amongst it and seeing what the mm. body's capable of. Yeah, it's um, it's a really satisfying part in a in a training block. Um, you know, we've got a lot of a lot of athletes right now. We're sort of getting towards that um, that pointy end, or they're finishing off those big long runs. And you can look back at the training load and, and what you've accomplished just um, so far in that a consistent block. Um, yeah, it's no, no better feeling, I reckon. Um, you know, it's. Of, of having those week on week, a lot of sessions and you just feel so, um, yeah, I think you just feel really proud of yourself when you've done all those training and you, you know, you've, you're giving yourself the best opportunity leading into a race. And I think, yeah, that's, um, yeah. And, and I think if you're doing it, you know, you've obviously had a, a training partner, you've had a group or you've had a supportive, um, you know, network and they've kind of been along for the ride. Um, that also um, plays a role in, in how, how sort of excited you are to, to, to toe the line. And, and, and I reckon it's something we'll probably chat about with, with Steve a little bit later as to, um, yeah, goals and, and all the rest of it. But, um, yeah, that that excitement and I think the fact that you're saying you're just excited to get out there and enjoy the day. And I think that's a that's so positive because you'd hate, you know, I, I have seen people where they're just, they're, they're done with the block. They just, yeah. get, they just want to get on the line. And it's like, if you're still still invigorated and still excited and enjoying those two and a half hour runs and they're not dragging, then that's, um, you've got the training load, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's been brilliant so far. And even just little things. Um, so for example, with the 25 minutes we did at marathon, my challenge to Anna was for her to not look at a watch at all, mm. purely just to dial in and get the right feeling for how it wanted to go. And, um, you know, as it turned out, the, the numbers were, I guess, what we'd hoped for. Um, or what we're sort of aiming for towards, um, you know, with her race. But just the fact that she could slip in, settle in and just run that towards the back end of a, you know, 30K long run is um, really exciting. So I think you know, I'm probably um, more excited for, for her training and, and how well she's going. But um, by the same token, I'm really excited to um, get back on the start line for one of these big runs and, um see what's going to happen but hey we've still got um still got a session tomorrow on thursday and then um one last big long run on sunday to um go and tick off and then we'll start a taper i think there's a lot in just going back to you saying about um not looking at the watch there's a lot in the marathon prep and as you do more workouts and more runs and is that feel factor you get so good at just and it's something you you learn over the time is that you and when you're in a good marathon block and you can run and you can almost go to sleep at marathon pace or a marathon effort and practice that and knowing that yeah you can get into spots in the marathon where yeah you can you're so confident you can think back okay i've got this i can just slip into this sort of cruise not cruise control but a, a, a marathon effort and um yeah i i reckon it's just um it's not an easy, it's like not a specific thing you can sort of set on a session is that, that you just, you learn it over time from doing it so much and being dialed into your body. I think that's probably the main thing that happens in a marathon block. Yeah, absolutely. And just, um, 
being able to get a sense of how it's going to feel and understanding that early on that it should feel good and mm. being able to recognize what that feels like and even just being able to pick up some of the warning signs that if you are going a little bit quick being able to catch that early and pull it back so yeah um no it's there's, there's been a lot of positives over the last few weeks um and just getting a good understanding of what the body's capable of and you know, as i touched on um the really pleasing thing um, with anna and her training is just how of an understanding of how it should feel is is how that's going for her um, mm. to the point where um, you know regardless of what weather conditions end up coming up on race day for her that you know she'll be able to settle into a rhythm and, and sort of get underway and um, yeah I mean, I'm confident I probably shouldn't build her up too much because she'll hate me <laughs> saying all these positive nice things um, you know potentially building pressure but um, yeah. no look as a coach absolutely thrilled um, with how she's going and you know in saying that i've got quite a few of my group that are in the process of doing some marathon training and um yeah like it's really exciting it's a really exciting time as a coach to oh, see them yeah. all go through their paces and um not only i suppose because my a lot of my guys are, are first time marathoners are very early mm. on in their marathon lives that um just to see things that they're learning and having little light bulb moments and seeing their confidence grow and actually genuinely believe that they're going to be able to do this thing. It's, it's really satisfying. Mm. I know Sundays um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of messages within our coaches about how, um, you know, we've, we've got our own athletes that are gearing up for these events and we're just seeing the progress and seeing and sort of sharing. And I thought, I think we saw it, um, you know, a glimpse of it with the, the half at Burnley the other week where we just saw some breakthroughs and, and, and people using that as uh, either races or part of their marathon builds and seeing where they're at and how they've gone for the, for the journey. It's, um, yeah, as a coach, it's, um, yeah, it's super exciting to be on the journey or on that ride now with a, with a few weeks left. Um, and look, it's, it's also a really challenging time for some people as well. Like you, you know, you can't, it's not all rainbows and marathon build. Like I've been in a boat, you know, I've been in, I've missed three or four where I've had a, had a build and then had to miss. And I know what it feels like, you know, four weeks out or three weeks out. And yeah, you've got to make that tough call. So yeah, it's, um, there's two sides. So when you're on that good side of it and you're, you're enjoying it and you're, you're loving the, the build up and you're ready to go, it's, um, there's no better feeling. No, that's it. And look, it's sort of for everyone, every runny, there is that um you know they're learning to do it by feel and they're really happy with how that's going and they're not sort of too stressed about whatever number happens to be on the watch there's one who is extremely stressed mm. about um, what numbers are on the watch and they have to run at a certain pace and all that sort of thing and that presents a different set of challenges but um yeah it's sort of good learning experience either way oh yeah i mean there's a <laughs> it was easy everyone would be able to just put on shoes and just rock it like you've it's it is a challenging event to train for to get right and um often yeah getting to the start line is the is the is this is the win in itself really isn't it mm, oh it is that's it i mean so much time and effort it goes into marathon training that um you know it's not like a, a park run you know with all, all due respect it's sort of you know a yeah. park run you could literally do every week if you wanted to but um, you know marathon opportunities don't come around all that often and yeah it's um nice to be able to try and make it count when it does so you know for those that are doing melbourne um 17 days berlin i think that's next weekend 
Yeah. Um, so that's even closer. London, <laughs> um, same weekend as Melbourne. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I seeing some of their commitment levels at um in the last few weeks, like um, you know, people with uh family, kids commitment, work commitments, and they're they're putting these big weeks together out the door at five AM and this <laughs> oh, did you see um sauces run during the week mm. on Sunday? That was that Three, was next level. Three fifty nine AM start. <laughs> oh god i I just oh is he coming home from a nightclub and just going straight into the (laughs) and he believed that but almost went no yeah he was probably doing volunteer work at the nightclub or something you know would have been security (laughs) um just doing the right thing for the community and just um yeah went 359 for the extra flex could have waited till four yeah i reckon he's yes go up gone with his freeze yeah (laughs) make sure he's on the top of the feed (laughs) i tell you what i I got up quite early sunday morning and um yeah to sort of see that filter through and think oh my lord yeah incredible i actually take my hat off to him because not only is he doing marathon prep, but he's volunteering for kids' footy and coaching. Well, he was and... straight in. At, yeah, I think he had two prelim um, for his kids to go to grand final, uh, prelim finals for his for the kids at footy. And then uh, I think he got a message back. He said, yeah, they, they missed out. So he's got to get get the heavy roller out and they'll start cricket training next week. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, I actually sent it to Matty Morgan, one of my athletes down in Tassie, who is renowned for his 4.58 a.m. sort, sort of um, – runs and, and sessions i said mate you gotta lift your game here you get a bit slack we're all sleeping in i just yeah. um taking it easy sauces out there um yeah i don't know 359 i don't know whether that's late night or early morning um it's, it's right in the mess yeah all i knew that um as a teenager that's usually about the time that trouble happens so uh, <laughs> yeah, it was best to be tucked up asleep yeah yeah, big, there was a lot of kudos and broke Strava that uh, Sunday. <laughs> Good stuff, mate. No, it's um, yeah, another week in the bag. Exciting. Do you, um, yeah, well, we'll t- next week, well, it'll be interesting to see where you're at with that that uh, Sunday run and I've got a couple more workouts lined up. Mm, yeah, no, we'll, we'll save those for next week. Um, Coach Andy's got some something pretty fun in store for Sunday this week. So we'll, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Stay tuned for that one. Yeah. Now, yourself, mate, a few five-minute efforts. Yeah. So I'm trying to actually bring up uh, my stuff. I don't – I think you got me in the um, Ks convincingly. I might have had 70-ish. Um, but, yeah, back to, like, those, you know, uh, a lot of the runs – which started at sort of 40 minutes and now back up to, to 60 and starting to string together. Actually, it was 70, might have been 77 Ks last week. Um, that's right. Yeah. So that's um that's biggest week for a long time, obviously. And the build's, um, yeah, just enjoying the build and obviously Al having a new, uh, did I mention that Al's coaching me now, formally coaching me? No, well, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, in the past, we've I've bounced a lot off him and we've kind of worked collaboratively. And um, I just thought I need to be, I, I want to just take the get like, not the guesswork, but I just want to have someone that just, I just rock out. I'm not thinking about it. You know, I'm thinking about so many other, my athletes and um, other things that that's 
good just to have someone who just says, no, you're doing this, as opposed to sort of going, oh, maybe I'll do this, and then I'll bounce it off Brady and Matt. And so it's just, you know, I, and look, Al's, we're very much of the same philosophy, but it's kind of good. And I've made a pact with him. And, uh, you know, I've said with some of the guys I trained with, I said, he is the boss and he is uh, what goes, goes. And um, the other day he pulled me up because, um, you know, they said, oh, how far are you going? I said, oh, I'll go 60. He says, no, you're doing 50. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, oh, I love it's, it. it's kind of nice to um, to have that and to, to have that uh, accountability. Like I've been self-coached, I guess, for the last few years. And then, um, I was involved when I was coached previously and sort of more, he was, I guess, in that role more as an assistant, sort of the good cop, bad cop type setup. And um, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's great. Man. I mean, I, he sees me running uh, every day and we're, we're training partners in a sense. And we did a workout together on, on Saturday. And again, um, he, you know, in the past, I might've, sort of said to him hey I'm, I feel like doing this session what do you think and he might have we might have bounced it off whereas this time I just said well what do you want me to do and um he said we're doing three by five minutes and you have a two and a half minute recovery and um yeah no questions had to you know warmed up together and then it was um it's interesting because of coming off this you know return to run and getting back to getting that feel on the sessions again I said to him like what what paces do you want coach and he said <laughs> Um, <laughs> he was like, actually, cause last week we did a, uh, sort of a modified mono yep. this week. Um, yeah, it's more just cause I'm getting the K's in again, I'm feeling fitter on each run and it's like, you know, it's a really tricky one as to know, I guess the paces. So you just said, I want you to go by feel and, um, you know, the first one just work into it and then you know off two and a half minutes um maybe get rolling a little bit if you're feeling good in the, in the second and the third and we had a bit of a crew um actually our guest kiwi steve was about he was doing a different session uh, a couple of other guys josh and they were jogging around so yeah it was nice to have a crew and i think just that um feeling back into that saturday mode of sessions and and i guess that week of like having a bit of um well, the structure back again, you know, a, a, a Sunday run, which we can talk about after this. But, yeah, the regular uh, format of a week, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. Uh, yeah, so the five minutes started out at, I think I'm looking at now, I think we went out at 335 is 340s. And given that, like, the mono last week, I said this to Al last week, I said, you did the 90 seconds and we are sort of running in that 336, 338, and that felt like I was pushing like I was running at sort of 5k effort whereas this I was hold I was 335s and we were actually talking and you know not not having a full-blown conversation but there was a couple of words said and it felt comfortable and then again in the rep two um yeah start to just just push the push it out a little bit more and then by rep three uh we ended up on the road and so we did it along the path and we got like there was no traffic around and, and like we often when we're doing the um, marathon style workouts we'll jump on the boulevard um you know where the, where the Burnley half is and good loop that one too I might have it is a very good loop one of my favorites and uh <laughs> good spot for half and, yeah absolutely <laughs> and uh yeah of course um we copped a couple of um choice words from the cyclists again um bit of advice 
bit of advice, bit of friendly advice. Mind you, we're in the gutter on the camber. Um, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't be further off the off the road. And then <sighs> finally, and yeah, like we didn't see a car until the last, like the last two minutes of the the rep, uh, rep three, and just this blue bloody old bomb of a car. It was just like decides to just start early at his house and he's throwing the arms out the window and it's just like oh we're like he literally like could have just moved across moved the amount of energy that it took for <laughs> the arms out beep the horn yelling and then al might have fired up a little bit i think um benno who ben was actually with the ben kelly he he had a few words back and <laughs> I was like, I was, I was sort of just hanging on for dear life. I'd, I'd sort of push, put the screws in and um, trying to run as hard as I could. But uh, yeah, and I just think I can't believe that someone's, you know, on a Saturday morning's got the energy to do this to someone. <laughs> it's just like, anyway, yeah. So yeah, it was, um, it was good to knock off the five minute efforts, like you know, longer recovery, but um, yeah, twenty minute workout, like you know, bang for your buck. Uh, yeah. looks like the average yeah 346 is overall so yeah it's a big step up from last week and i just think the week on week of just getting k's in the legs um it's really open i think and i'll mention last week when i did the fart leg it'll just brings you on like just get that turnover because i'd done so many weeks of just easy running and then mm. to now get the turnover going and get sessions rolling it's um yeah it's pulled up pulled up really well and then sunday run yeah back out the flats 75 minutes this week a little bit longer actually arranged to meet uh james telford one of my athletes who's training for melbourne we mentioned james on the on the podcast in the past um oh. we've actually been yeah working together for a little while now and i haven't we well we have been like ships in the <laughs> in the nights at the at the um the Aeroflex in the past, but never had a chance to, to actually catch up. So that was cool to meet. And then, uh, yeah, he joined us. He was actually doing his long run. So he'd already knocked out down at 45. And then we decided as part of my uh, his his run, jump in and we'll do a bit of a kick down. It ended up being a bit tastier than I was hoping. <laughs> some of the guys got a bit excited and there's running royalty out there. We had Sinead and Jess. They went past flying, and I think everyone was maybe a bit buoyed by that. Because uh, we started, I was just looking back at the, the first K. It was four thirty, and that's that's usually a four fifty. Yep. And then we were bang on to yeah into the four tens, four fifteens for most of it. <laughs> and look, we wanted to get. Uh, with James doing this, it was definitely a, a, a workout for us to, to push on in that second half and get down towards marathon pace. And mm-hmm. he was holding a conversation. In fact, he was consulting uh, Al on his Achilles. So oh, okay. James is a physio over at Physio Life. And um, yeah, he was... <laughs> So, you know, your marathon fit when you can, um, yeah, give out some, he was giving exercises and tips, just... giving us all. So it was a, it was a bit of a impromptu, um, yeah. Free consult. Yeah, consult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so yeah, it was really fun and um, yeah, great to connect with him. And then uh, actually followed up. So I hadn't seen, hadn't met him, hadn't we'd done a lot of conversations on texts and calls and things like that. And then so ran with us on the Sunday. And then I was in there. He said, "Look, I, I want to see this knee because he's obviously listening to the show." And said, "Come in, let's get let's let's have a look at it." So I ended up going in and seeing him on the Monday. So two days in a row. <laughs> And the tables are turned. He's on to me now about all the things I need to be doing to to stay keep this at bay. And um, yeah, so it's uh, it's good. Uh, we're both uh, both keeping each other accountable on the on the running front. So, but for you, mate, with um, Al essentially doing your coaching now, and also now James putting that, I guess that strength and conditioning stuff in place to look after the body, has that taken a big load off your shoulders? Yeah, I think it has. And like now the motivation and the the hunger's back. And I obviously had a, a break uh, early in the year and I had the season and now the season sort of now, now I can start to feel like this is a, a really nice ramp to get going again. And I think making a few changes like this is probably what I needed to do to, um, yeah, look after the body more. And um, yeah, I think having a coach definitely taking the, the load off my shoulders as to, you know, what I should be doing and and overthinking and analyzing things. It's like, yeah, just take that that stress away and just yeah, go with it. And, and and often we get fixated with just going through the through their own our own motions of what we believe we should be doing. And sometimes, yeah, it needs to be pulled up and said, hey, maybe we need to try something different. So yeah, it's um yeah, it is it is fun and uh, yeah. Looking forward to seeing seeing what else is in store from the coach this week. Yeah, well, that's it with you with your program, mate. Do you get it like a week in advance, or you just sort of find out on the day, or how, how's that? Operating? At the moment, it's on the day, but it's more because I'm running like the the week to the daily runs are, are you know we're pretty much up and going with it's a text we're doing fifty or sixty minutes today, and it's pretty standard. And then on those runs, he'll we sort of he'll talk through okay on the weekend you're going to do this on that so yeah we're um we're in constant contact which is really good no that's good mate exciting i think um and even just the satisfaction it comes with knowing that you've ticked a week off and you've hit every box and every marker Mm. that's been placed for you and it doesn't leave you thinking oh should i have done one more effort or should i put another 10 minutes on my long run or like you don't have to worry about that now exactly yeah yeah it's it's very hard, I've, you know, I've played around with it over the years as, and, and I, I look back and whenever I've run my best, I've had a coach. Yeah, I think there's <laughs> so, something in that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you've got to, it's it's really challenging to do it on your own um, with, yeah, competing philosophy, like, yeah, just having to sort of, yeah, just think, think it over and try and work it out yourself. Sometimes you just want that outside opinion and, and someone just to say, hey, we're doing this. Um, so, yeah, no, it'll, it'll stay tuned to see see what else he's got in store next week. Uh, exciting times, mate. Looking forward to hearing about the progress as you go. This week's guest on the Better With Running podcast is Steve Langdon. I actually met Steve earlier this year. He'd moved over from New Zealand and a past club mate had mentioned he was in town and I needed a club. So I was the man to um, to hook him up with that club. And uh, we actually went for a run around Princess Park and uh, managed to convert him into becoming a Melbourne Uni Athletics Club member. 
Steve's run some speedy times. Run eight, uh, 154 over the 800, 355 for the 1500, 831 for the 3000. Uh, back in July this year, was up on the Gold Coast. We went up there and he ran, hit the roads running 3105 for the 10. But away from the track, Steve, uh, he works in consulting as a specialist in organizational psychology. However, he has a real deep interest in sports psychology. I've picked his brain on this a number of times on our runs and particularly at how it relates to running and performance. So um, Steve, looking at his LinkedIn and online, this guy has got that many uh, acronyms after his name. Uh, yeah, it takes up about 100 characters when you see them. But um, so, yeah, we're going to dig into his studies in psychology and how they relate to running as well as, um, yeah, I just think coming into the racing season for the road and marathons, marathon season, Steve, it's great time to have you on the show and uh, welcome to the Better With Running podcast. Ooh, thank you very much, Zachary and Chris, for having me. Mate, um, like I mentioned, yeah, we're going to we're gonna chat a bit about, uh, I guess, yeah, forming how, look, we, we, we all do so much training. Our athletes do a lot of workouts, a lot of long runs leading into the, see the marathon, but on the day it's um, performing uh, can be between the ears as well. And we're going to, we're going to um, chat about that a little bit later, but before we go there, uh, do you want to just tell us a bit about your own running journey and the Kiwi accent? You're obviously over in, uh, in Australia. Do you want to just um, tell us about your running? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so it's slightly embarrassing to admit this, but I, I started off as a triathlete and a multi-sporter. <laughs> I was a really enthusiastic young person. I signed up for any sport, any event. Um, led me down the path of triathlons. And then from triathlons, you get into multi-sports because like, that's the off-season. Um, and through that, so we got introduced to road running um, and then started to dabble in track. And by the time... I hit 18. I decided that I liked running the other, the other, the other events just to get me to the run league. Um, and so I started to focus on that and um, started racing over the four and the 800. Um, so I saw my first, once I focused on, on running my first nationals, I ran in the, the 400 and the 800 New Zealand champs and in, in the four by one relay. Uh, <laughs> and nice. I absolutely bombed at the 800, went pretty well over the 400. And somehow we got fourth in the four by one. Uh, and we just kind of went from there. As, as time passed, I sort of moved up in distance. Um, up and probably spent too long trying to race over the 800. And my profile was wrong. I ran a 153 low. That was so long ago, it wasn't picked up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it stitched you up. Of half yeah. A, yeah. But a whole yeah. second there. It's, that's a like, <laughs> pretty important thing. Um, yeah. And sort of kept on going started, started doing some 5k some road races doing the 10k uh ran a pb at gold coast in july this year uh, but before getting to the gold coast obviously i moved to australia <laughs> from auckland in new zealand and sort of one of the draw cards of moving to melbourne especially was the running scene i've had a couple of friends that have moved over here and they have absolutely raved about the racing opportunities the track races the road races and just how many people are sort of up and about running and absolutely enjoying it uh, and we've been seeing a lot of that on my runs leading into the melbourne marathon um coming up but as we get closer and closer some more people out and about and it's so good yeah 
No, it, um, it's it's been fun training with you since you've been here, and uh, it's been yeah a lot of banter, but also um yeah just just watching the way you go about your training, and I think um I'm probably yeah, and I, I touched on this earlier that I have been sort of badgering you to come on the show because I think what you do off the track, um, you are able to kind of touch on that with your own running, and I think maybe impart a bit of that that knowledge. You want to just just give us a little bit of a rundown of your professional career. Yeah. So I have a background in psychology, um, specifically organizational psychology and sports psychology. Uh, I have a master's in sports psychology and I, I was looking at my research, looked at injured athletes um, and over time and their adherence and engagement with the rehabilitation process. Um, and then I have just recently completed a PhD uh, in organizational psychology looking at factors that impact on workplace performance in the non-profit sector. Um, and sort of a, co a common theme between my research background and then my professional background is sort of an interest in performance and trying to improve performance in, in athletes and in people at work in organizations. Uh, so I've worked in organizational site consultancies um, and I'm, I'm currently working in a, a public policy consultancy. And I've worked with individual athletes from like sprinters to pole vaulters to uh, marathon runners and then also to people working for private in the private sector uh, and the nonprofit sector and, and in the education sectors um, and, and sort of a common theme across my research and then my sort of career is a focus on performance improvement. So Steve we've got a number of athletes who are training for either Melbourne or Berlin or London marathons which are over the, you know, coming up over the next couple of weeks and I suppose that's the as we get further into the taper, we do, um, some of us naturally start to develop a little bit of self-doubt or nerves um, as we get closer. What are some of your tips for athletes or, you know, some techniques that they might be able to, to use to try and combat some of these negative thoughts? Yeah, it's a pretty common process, right? When you go into your taper week, you start to feel a little bit more alive. Your, your training load backs down, you have more time to kind of think about what has been a really kind of abstract goal, which all of a sudden is kind of looming and getting pretty real, pretty concrete. Um, so it's normal to have, have these sort of thoughts starting to creep into your head. You could sort of start to feel nervous, anxious, stressed, potentially even start to doubt that you're in the shape to do, to do this marathon. Um, and there's sort of a variety of sort of coping methods and it sort of each, each would depend on sort of what works best for the individual but the first thing is just to reflect on the work that you've done when, when you feel this doubt starting to creep in so look back at your training diary look at the long runs you've you've done the big sessions you've completed because it's really easy to get caught up in the moment and that as runners we're all looking towards looking forward into the future into the next goal um, so if you take the time to sort of look back, look at the work you've put in, that can offer a sense of reassurance. You, you sort of you forget how much work you've actually done. So to sort of remind yourself of that. Talk to your training partners. Talk about the big workouts you did in your training group. Uh, reach out to your coaches. They can sort of offer you know, a bit of advice around like, the work that you have done to get ready and to bring you to this point. Uh, and then you can sort of start to think about the race. Like you don't want to avoid it completely, but think about it in a controlled manner, not in a way that stresses you out. Uh, and so what I mean by that is you want to start to think about what you need to do to achieve your goals. 
So start to think about your pre-race routine. This is entirely controllable and you can sort of set this up in advance. So when, once it comes time, like on race morning, you already know step-by-step step what you're going to do from when you wake up through to when the gun goes off. And by planning that out in advance, that gives you a sense of control. It removes some of the ambiguity, which can kind of cause some of the nervousness when you, you don't know so what the morning of the race will look like. Um, so you can, some people just think about it. Some people would write a schedule out. You know, at this time I'll be doing this, I'll be eating my breakfast at 4 a.m. and breakfast will be down to that kind of level of detail. Um, other people just sort of think about it and have a picture in their head of what they want to do. Uh, and then in terms of when you're starting to think about the race, not just, you don't just think about the morning of, you can start to think about what you want to get out of the race. Think about the goals that you've set, um, probably what you've spoken about with your coaches, whether that's, for most people, that would be some kind of time or, or completing the marathon. So work out what you can control to enable you to, have the best chance of hitting that goal um, so you don't want to stress yourself out looking up the weather forecast six times a day every day leading up to the race <laughs> yeah. um, which is that natural it's so easy to get a little bit hung up on those sorts of things but we can't do anything about that when we're racing so, so the best way to deal with that is to acknowledge that you can't control it whatever's going to happen is going to happen and sort of change your focus onto to what you can control. So how you want to feel when you're racing, the speeds that you're going to run, potentially even splits through the 5K, the 10K, what you want those to be and how you're going to set yourself up to, to run those splits. Um, and you just want to try to keep things as concrete and as possible. So you can't control how fast the people around you are going to run you don't really you can't really predict how starting with that many people is going to feel unless you've done a big race before and that's not necessarily something that's within your control so you just sort of have to acknowledge that it could be a little uncomfortable for the first sort of five minutes or so but know that after that you're back in your happy place you're doing what you've done all the training for and everything's under your control again steve um I think you probably, uh, are you talking, are we sort of getting in the realms of that a visualization point where would you be saying like, like, well, should we be lying down and going through before, you know, whether it's a couple of nights before they're at, like thinking through how it's going to play out step-by-step step in our mind. And then, um, yeah, is that something you recommend that everyone should have a crack at doing? Most definitely. Uh, Visualizations are a really powerful tool for people to use. Um, so visualization is sort of different from just thinking about the race. So you can think about the race at any point when you're out for a run, start almost daydreaming about how things are going to pan out. But when we talk about visualization, it's, it's a bit more specific than that. You want to sort of put yourself in a spot free from distractions. So like what you talked about, Zeka, uh, like lying down, maybe in the dark, maybe not eyes, maybe with your eyes shut or just sitting somewhere nice and quiet where it gives you that ability to focus and start to think in really concrete terms about what the race is going to look like for you and feel like. So that can be, well, it's a very easy 
visualization is you doing the race, absolutely nailing every step of the way, no issues, and you, you hit your goal out of the park. Um, and it's good to think about that. But at the same time, you have to be prepared for some of the sort of speed humps that may pop up while you're doing your marathon. And it's helpful to, to think about them and, and to visualize them, but visualize yourself positively responding to those speed humps. Potentially, you maybe you could consider getting a cramp and then visualize yourself dealing with that cramp, like what, doing what you would do in training if a cramp popped up and you know what you need to do to make it better. So whether that's to stop and, and stretch or maybe to back off slightly or to remind yourself to kind of loosen up a little bit while you're running and, and be less tense. And then think about once you've done that, being able to get back on to the running the pace that you want to be running and feeling good. Um, and, and while you're visualizing the race, you want to be as specific as you can. So you want to think about the atmosphere, the background noise, the music, the people, the noise of the other runners, uh, down to you go around Albert Park. So maybe the birds there that, at the lake, um, potentially as you're running along the coast, the sound of the ocean, things like that, the salt air, you want to get really specific with the visualization so that what you're thinking about is as close to real as it can be. So when you are out there running, you're kind of laid down the markers in your mind about what good looks like, what it feels like, and what you need to do to have a good performance. So let's talk about the race itself. Is there some practical things that runners can look to deploy during the race when it gets tough? You know, and we're talking, and you know, when it gets to that sort of 26, 28, 30K mark and, you know, the screws are really starting to get turned on the body, what are some practical things that um, we might be able to do to try and work through that? Yeah, that's a pretty big thing. There's a variety of different kind of techniques that people suggest and have been proven to have a good impact on when things start to get tough. And it's effectively trying to help yourself reset, sort of calm down and, and continue on. One, one that has been used in team sports is to swear really loudly. Use that as a, as a, as a reset trigger. Um, any any go-to words? <laughs> oh, I don't think we can mention I, those. Actually. Put them in the show notes for. Us. <laughs> I, I, I think your audience will have a good, good awareness of those sorts of words. Um, that might not work so well in a running race. It'd be yep. a bit weird if the bloke next to you started just screaming out a swear word. Um, Shout out to those who've got Tourette's if there's anyone. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but some, some, you want to do something sort of physical that can serve as a almost like a circuit breaker if there's negative thoughts sort of starting to pop into your head because things are starting to get tough um, things that you can do is sort of clap your hands clip your fingers um, when i'm racing and things aren't going as well as i'd like i like to take a real deep belly breath and lift my shoulders up and put them back down and that serves as sort of my reset trigger to sort of relax stop normally stop freaking out because i'm starting to slow down um, and hopefully that lets me speed up again when you're when you're running you could think about oh, Zach was speaking to me with me about this um today but you can think about colors as triggers so if you see a particular color car or a particular color building say I think green and make in your mind before the race sort of 
every time you see green, sort of think positive thoughts so that when you see green, when you're out there racing, it can sort of trigger a bit of a positive response. So techniques like that, it's, it's about knowing that there is the chance that things might start to get tough, but being able to sort of take that on board and not let it fluster you. So it's more about, it might, you won't necessarily be able to totally fix whatever you're feeling, but if you can make yourself sort of okay with it and have the ability to sort of reset and then refocus on your performance and your goals, so that the negative things you're experiencing won't necessarily have a, as big an impact as perhaps they could if you were to focus completely on them. Yeah, what about smiling? Smiling could work. Yeah. Um, I'd like to thank everyone that was racing the marathon and had a smile the whole way. But yeah, if, if you're not smiling, you can smile. Uh, a smile triggers all sorts of positive things happening um, in your brain just from the muscles involved. It sort of activates the areas of your brain that are responsible for sort of positive thoughts and happiness, those sorts of emotions. So just a smile will sort of help hopefully just pull you out of that slump slightly help you reset and off you go and self-talk steve like um how <laughs> how does that look like in terms of yeah obviously we've all been in situation i mean i've been in plenty of races where like doubts have come in or i've just been like looked at the side of the road and gone I, I would love to stop right now like i'm done like you know and how do you get yourself back on track and um yeah and, and even just in training like self-talk like how important is it and, and how do you kind of improve on that self-talk is another really powerful tool the main thing with self-talk is you need to make sure you keep it positive <laughs> It's really easy when things are going wrong, you're starting to battle in a workout or in a race that you start to sort of get frustrated or angry at yourself. Mm. Um, and that's not necessarily going to be the most motivational or effective approach to getting yourself going again. So you want to think, think positive things. Um, you can have a trigger word. So if, if maybe if you're starting to feel tense, you're starting to rig up across the shoulders or something, if you, your trigger word could just be relax, just, just think, don't think like I'm tightening up. This is bad. It's like, relax, take a deep breath and sort of remember to drop your shoulders down. Stop like sort of tightening up across the neck area. Um, and also just the self-talk, just keep it positive. So I can do this. This is going to go well. I'm absolutely killing this. I'm I'm hitting my splits. Mm. So just in the back of your mind, when you're running, just keep a little positive commentary happening. It sounds a bit silly, um, but it's really effective. Mm. And it's just, just try to stay positive as, as much as you can. It's natural for there to be a little bit of self-doubt or a little bit of negativity kind of creeping in when things are getting difficult. But it's been able to recognize that and to go so push yourself into a positive sort of reinforcement cycle where you start to, you know, you've done the work. So you, you tell yourself that I have done the work. Mm. I can run. This will go well. And just kind of repeat that almost like a mantra when things get tough. Um, and that can sort of help sort of reframe how you're looking at what you're feeling in that particular moment. Yeah. I mean, it sounds obvious that, you know, you should have positive 
self-talk, but we all been there and it does creep in. But I, I, I like the idea of like you having that mantra almost preloaded before the race and you go, it, it's like, okay, even if I start to go down this negative mm. path, just pull my back in, pull, pull myself back on track and say, you know, whatever that is. And you know, today's my, today's going to be my day or whatever it is. And I've, I've sort of used something like that and I've found that, yeah, it does definitely, definitely help. And it's, um yeah, acknowledging, yeah, though, this is, this is a rough patch, but I've been through this before in the past and it's going to get better or um, yeah. So I'm, I think it is a, a massive part. Um, I was going to just touch on um those, I mean, we're building up for a marathon and not everything goes to plan, unfortunately. And sometimes people miss, you know, or they can't get to the line. Like, how do you, it's, it's for everyone that the toes are lying, there is people that are missing out on that day and they've done a massive build up and just by, you know, an injury that's come up. How do they, how should they look at that day? And then how do they manage through, coming off that and looking at the positives of bouncing back on the other side. Yeah, that's a really tricky spot for any runner to be in. And I think most runners will have had that experience at some point. I know I've had that happen to me more than I'd like, and it's always difficult. Um, I think the first thing, it's okay to be disappointed. Like, take some time to sort of process the fact that you're you're not going to do this race that you've been building up for for so long and you put so much time and effort into. And it's natural to feel sad and disappointed and kind of not necessarily embrace it, but give, you, give yourself the space to kind of process those, those emotions. You, I don't think most people wouldn't be okay with the fact that this goal that they've been working towards has been pulled away from them and it's sort of outside of their control. So the first step is you're just sort of taking that on board, processing it, potentially talking to people about it, talk with your training partners, talk with your coach, talk with your family members. So say how you're feeling and, and sort of have conversations around it. You don't need to hide it. It's sort of a, a natural thing and people will be able to empathize with you. Uh, and then in, in terms of moving from that, it's always tricky. Do you want to go watch the race that you're building towards or do you want to sort of avoid it try to do something else and distract yourself and it comes down to the individual you know what works best for you some people the best coping strategy would be putting themselves right in the middle working as a volunteer or, or being sort of around the marathon festival and still getting some of that atmosphere in yeah. but for other people totally avoiding it would work um, the best for them and it's just sort of it's almost trial and error yeah. Like based on your past experiences, knowing what works for you, what doesn't work for you, or if you've had to go through this process before, if you've missed a previous race, so with what you found sort of worked the best. Um, and also take the time to reflect. You've done a whole bunch of training towards this particular goal. And just because you, you didn't get the opportunity to run in that marathon, that work is still worth something. It's not like all the training you've done is totally lost it gives you a really good platform to build from so that you can once you sort of get over the well not get over but sort of get your head around the fact that you're not racing and the disappointment that comes from that start to think about other goals for the most part runners are really goal orientated like we're always looking for the next race the next big session the next sort of time barrier to break 
the, the, the three hour marathon mark, then you're like, oh, I've done that. Now it's 2.45, then it's 2, 2.30. And so you've always got this goal that you're chasing. So if you missed the race because you got injured, take the time to think about what your next goal might look like. You've done all this work and you can use that work to help you in pursuit of a new goal, whether that's another marathon so many months down the, down the track, or potentially you might want to look into a, a shorter race. Maybe you feel like you're moving into the summer now, so you might like to try a road 10K or a road 5K or dabble in a track meet. Mm-hmm. So pick one of those goals and sort of start to engage with your coach and your training partners and your families and think about what the commitment to that would look like, what you need to do to have a good performance there. You've done, you've already done a big chunk of work, so you can use that work to help so springboard you in pursuit of your next goal. So don't let the fact that you've missed this one race ruin running for you. You'll have lots of other opportunities to run in a really cool race at some point in the future. Oh, yeah, that's great. That is really good advice, um, Steve. Got another one there, Chris O. Um, no, it's, yeah, that, that's all Covered I can a lot, think yeah. of. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, it's, um, no, it is fantastic. I, one thing I, uh, I think because we see it as coaches that there's so such an, a mountain load of work that goes into these marathon builds. We're talking probably physically the marathon, but even the half and another event and any preparation for a race where, where the athlete is really going all in at this. Um, there's a support network. There's the families, the partners, um, kids as well, and everyone involved goes along with the journey. And then how about race week when you're a little bit, uh, I know you get a bit, we get a bit edgy and a bit nervous and particularly that last few days leading into a marathon. And that's, you know, when you maybe carb loading, you maybe <laughs> all the rest of it. How do you broach that with partners, family members, all the rest of it about, um, you know, what you know i guess your importance to the to the event and, and what sort of tips around guiding your family through that as well that's a really good point because yeah by that point that stage in your build-up the race is really soon you're starting to get a bit stressed potentially you might be getting a little bit weird at home and like like any any kind of we're all weird we're all weird we're running <laughs> more, more weird um approach it in similar ways to how you might approach a big week at work or when when you're coming into a particularly busy time in your life and you you know you have a lot of things sort of pulling you every which way ideally you'd front foot that you'd start to talk about that with your family with your partner with with your kids with your friends sort of explain that what's what you've been doing how close it is um and how much it means to you. And they'll under, people will understand that people will go through a similar kind of roller coaster for their own events, whether that's a race, a work thing, a family commitment. And people will be able to understand what you're going through, why you're going through it, and they'll be able to help and support you. Maybe they'll recognize your need for lots of sleep because you've got this, this big race coming up. So, Maybe you get off dishes for the week, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, all those sorts of things, just open conversations, uh, talk through things and how hopefully people will be able to recognize that you, you might be slightly more stressed than normal. Um, but that's not an excuse 
to behave like a non-nice person, <laughs> um, <laughs> like you're, you're still in trouble for that. But it's yeah. just about recognizing that there is this extra source of stress that wouldn't normally be there. Mm. Um, yeah, and but that did remind me, talking about the race week side of things, mm. it's pretty common when you get close to that goal race and you're starting to taper and starting to feel good, you want to push things. Mm. Like, I'm starting to feel good. I'll just make my session a little bit bigger. Maybe I'll do my runs a little bit faster. Mm. Uh, and it's important to remember that you don't need to do that at this point mm. you've done you've done the work this is about starting to feel good so trust in the process trust in your coach and trust in the training that you've done don't let sort of potential self-doubt um, sort of spur you on to try push your training in that last week as the hard work's done you're there you just have to get through those sort of five six days um and you'll be good to go and just remember that as i said runners have got really goal orientated so it's really easy for us to be like oh no i need to do more work <laughs> i know i know the race is soon but yeah and and we see it on the flip side of that is that like someone has done a build-up and they've, they've hit all the workouts have done all the weeks they've nailed their long run and all that. and then they might have one one run or one workout that's slightly feel a bit flat a little bit off and then they've forgotten about the rest of the block and they're just zeroing in on this. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to run that well now. And like, so I guess, yeah, like you said earlier is like looking at the whole picture of the whole build up and, and, and that visualization and all the rest of it to kind of focus on a real positive outcome rather than just, and runners by nature, we're pretty, pretty hard on ourselves and like we'll pick apart a, a poor session, but a, we, we nail a good session. We just move on. So I think, um, yeah, that's that's the challenge I find. On the flip side of that is that, yeah, we can get a little bit focused on some of the small details in a big picture of a build-up. Yeah, and drawing your coach's experience, right? Mm. Like you, you see the whole picture. You, you help the athlete through that journey. You're a really great resource to remind them like what they've done. Awesome, Steve. We'll leave it there. We're um we're excited to to have you on. And I think um going forward with more races coming, I think there's um there's a lot in it. I know Chris and I um often talk about this side of things, but it's uh, a little bit above our pay grades that we can put anything down like you do. So um yeah, we'll, we'll definitely chat off air about uh, yeah, bring you on a little bit more down the track. That would be really cool. Uh, thank you, Zach. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Dave. So, bit of a around the grounds, but we're just going to zero in. There's a lot of events going on at the moment, but we just thought we'd touch on uh, one close to home for you, mate. Shepherd Shepherd and Runners Club uh, handicap that was held over the weekend. Yeah, it was look, mate, very exciting times. We had um, the best part of 35, 36 people come along and have a run now 10k and of those there was a few of my runs of pb guys so always pleasing when you get some good weather and even better when the, i guess when you the athletes you coach run well but um not only did they run well but we had a few pbs as well so um between um taryn kirby chris and chelsea nicholson and kate dayton they all ran pbs um, and and my wife nora she um she had a really good run too so she ran a, a just under 50 seconds better than um, her 10k at Gold Coast. Hey, so, 
yeah, very satisfying. I think um, Chris Nicholson, his PB was about 12 or 13 seconds. And then um, Kate, Taryn and Chelsea took one, two and three minutes respectively off their times. So, um, you know, all, all different things. I mean, um, Chelsea's been waiting about 12 months to officially run a race where she could break 60 minutes for a 10K. She did a, a 10K time trial during COVID lockdown and um, she broke 60 for that. And while she was really satisfied with that, she still had it sort of gnawing away at it. She hadn't had a chance to do it in a race. And anyway, opportunity come along and she absolutely smashed it. Um, really good signs for Kate. Kate's training, um, well, I suppose she's got Surf Coast Century this weekend. She's running a leg. Uh, the 28k leg for that one but her big goal at the moment is working towards the Queenstown Marathon in New Zealand um, later on in the year so um, Kate's run a 5k and a 10k PB in the last right. three weeks and um, that is awesome yeah yeah pretty exciting and um, yeah like it's just it's really good to see her get rewarded for the effort because I suppose for Kate she um, the thing she loves about her training is just doing a lot of easy k's mm. she always runs within herself and um She's the sort of person she'll do sessions at a six or seven out of 10 effort, but that's just because um, that's what she enjoys doing. She just mm. doesn't really want to push herself super hard yeah. in sessions because she just doesn't like it. But yeah. when it comes to a race and we freshen her up and just watch her go and she really can um, find another level. So um, that was a massive confidence booster for Kate, just because she realized that she can push herself quite hard again and, um, it's also yeah. a reward for consistency as well. Like if she's just, you know, being able to, to show up every week and, and do that um, and yeah, get a result. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely massive. But you know, just to see that the five of them, um, even just celebrating afterwards, you know, everyone's sort of happy for one another's results mm. and yeah, that no, it was, it was a really cool moment. So I know um, Chris and Chelsea are off to Hobart next week. Um, to run a 10k over there sort of taking advantage of the cool. school holidays uh, so that'll be really cool um, Nora is running the 10k at Melbourne um, in 17 days as we touched on earlier <laughs> um, Melbourne Marathon Festival um, Taryn's next race will probably be uh, at this stage probably the wellness run yeah have a look at a 10k down there so and yeah as touched on Kate's got the, the marathon over in New Zealand New Zealand later in the year, but um, yeah, really satisfying to see them all go pretty well. Yeah, I mean, you're obviously so close with the team up there, and just obviously a big, big wide range of athletes you've got at the, the club. But yeah, to see that, and look, yeah, it's it's so satisfying when you're um, a coach and you see the amount of work that people put in and they get rewarded with a with a you know a new personal best like that. So yeah, kudos to you as a coach, Chriso. No, that mate, it's it's um it's nice as a coach, but yeah, and as we both know, it's the it's the athletes that go and do all the work, and actually, yeah. you know, they're the ones that are sacrificing their oh, yeah. their time, and um, you know, to go and put the effort in. So, yeah, all all you can do is give them a bit of advice, and it's up to them whether they listen or not. So, yeah, and Nora's um Nora's training, and obviously, yeah, strength off the cross country season, like putting yourself in the, out of the comfort zone and doing those races at XCR, just um. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome to follow her from afar. Um, yeah, the last this season, really. Yeah, and no, I look full credit to her. She's um probably someone, especially during COVID, the last couple of years, really um 
probably lost a lot of the enjoyment of yeah. her running and um, to see her putting herself outside a comfort zone and, and trying these things and not only, I guess, um, trying them, but actually um, sort of getting out on the front foot and wanting to do them um, rather than, you know, because I suppose the perception there might be a little bit that because I'm going more is just coming along and being forced to <laughs> run these <laughs> cross-country events, but it hasn't been that way at all. If, if anything, um, she's actually beaten me to the punch and registered for these events before I had. So, um, yeah, it's sort of really cool to see her just enjoying her running more than, than she has before and the fact that she's actually getting some really good results as well. Like I think um, the 10K that she ran um, weekend just gone was like her second or third best time ever. So, yeah, um, nice. yeah she's pretty chuffed with that so um yeah it's pretty pretty cool yeah well maybe you get a, a discount on the chores in the garden mate yeah no um <laughs> <laughs> i might still have to help out with the cooking and do all those sorts of things around the house so as much as i try and get out of it um yeah there's not too many brownie points um <laughs> nor is not sh- nor is not shy and taking the credit for our own hard work don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's good hey mate um just shifting gears into final part of the show we actually had a list of question come in mm-hmm. it's from rory flanagan he's actually coached by ben stoltz um he is our legend in bendigo also Rory. Um, rory's rory. a bendigo bat too bendigo, yeah i was gonna say he's a bendigo bat probably getting ready to go to the tattoo parlor this week <laughs> Um, a question is, do you think Moners, uh, yes, Steve Monaghetti's formula of double your half and add seven minutes is a good way to calculate the goal? So he's talking about uh, marathon goal times mm. with Melbourne around the corner. Thoughts on this, Chris O? Mm. Uh, I think it can give you a good ballpark figure. Mm. I think... Um, I've always thought, so it's, it, it depends, doesn't it? There's so many variables to this one. But for me, I've sort of always looked at it as more like double your half and add 10 minutes. Seven minutes probably cuts it a little bit fine mm. for me. Um, I think that's sort of 10 minutes. And even like 10 can sometimes be a little bit. But I, in between that sort of 2.30 or, or 240 window through to about 3.30, I reckon if you've, if you've done the volume and you've your training's gone really well and you've been sort of consistent where your 5k your 10k and your half marathon results all match up you know within a, a certain window i think that yeah you can look at sort of double your half and, and add 10 minutes um you know to get a bit of an idea but um there's so many variables because i suppose whilst that can give you that's that's probably your time that you're capable of if everything goes perfectly well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah like and that's get- where the trap is when you get into these calculators and you look at online. There's there's predictors, um, even predictor sessions. There's a few of that. Yasso's, what is it? Yasso's 800s, mm-hmm. where, which I think is pretty um, bit device, uh, just divisive in the running world as to how you should sort of use that as a something. Yeah, what is it? 10 by 800 um 400 meter jog recovery between and then the time in minutes and seconds um so your average time over the 800 should give you 
what your time will be for that, <laughs> which is, yeah, I, I, look, you read into it and there is actually, it has been relatively accurate into that, you know, three hour plus group, but it is a very, I, I find if you're starting to get into these predictor workouts, you're, you're getting into sort of muddy waters there because mm -hmm. it doesn't, um, it can go two ways as well. Like you don't want to put any limiting beliefs on yourself and, and sort of just going, well, that one workout day, everything went well and that's going to, or just something you were off or you was in the middle of, you know, you were stressed from work or whatever. Like you just can't base everything on the way you hit one workout. You know, on race day that there's so many other factors that come into into executing and we talked about that earlier with steve it's even the mental side of things and making sure you, you're prepared for that but also um i mean i like you know going back to and, and what you touched on yeah whether there's it it's seven minutes ten minutes yeah it gives you a ballpark but you've got to look at everything else and looking back at the training block, looking at that and then working back with your coach and saying, well, yeah, based on your thought, because often that half, like what's the context of that half? Did you actually, was that a race you were going after or was it part, was it in a heavy load or was it, you know, a part of a session? Like you've got to, and when was it? Like, that's the other thing. Often that, like you may not have done a half for a year or, you know, six months, but you've done, is amazing training block so your half could potentially be a lot quicker so yeah i don't know I'd, it's it's i think um you know you've got to look at the block as to your might like what kind of consistency you've had you know how how you've been going over on your long run what your sessions have been like and, and then, then that is a closer way to rather than just having this I don't know. There's just so many things in a marathon that can, that there's so many factors on the day, you know, fueling as well and things that can, can go right or wrong. So using just that half and doubling it. Yeah. It's yeah. I, don't know, I just feel like it's, you don't want to just think that's where you're at and that's, that's all you can run. I think there's other ways you can actually run better than that. Yeah, there's so many outliers. I mean, mm. if, if, a well-known example, if you want to, you could use Julian Spence, you know, the moose as an yeah. example, because Julian's PB for a half marathon is 67.20. Mm. Um, no, official records, look, he's probably run faster splits than that um, for a half in an actual marathon. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's kind of, it, it's interesting in that, in that respect, but um yeah, like it, there's just there's so many outliers. You could be you could sort of be training specifically for a half, and your long run might only be twenty three or twenty five k. Mm. Run this amazing half, but it won't necessarily translate completely to a marathon, perhaps because you just haven't done the volume of long runs for that sort of effort to last the distance of a marathon. But um, yeah. yeah, I think it's also like some. Yeah, depending on the program, the coaching, and and what kind of runner you are, like some just, I mean, look at Soph. Like I, mm. I just think Soph is really can be a pure marathoner when it, she's just an absolute beast when it comes to the marathon. And then um, I don't know if we'd have to look back at at her half and say, well, that probably I, I'm guessing off the top of my head, it, it wouldn't line up to that at all. Um, but yeah, some of us are just like diesel engines, you know, and they get going and they just 
as it gets longer and they just get into a rhythm and they can just keep going and going. And I think that's something that you want to take into account as well. You know, the way we, and you, you know, if you hit a half, a really fast half, your training may have been 10 gay half specific. And then, you know, the way you train for that marathon is completely different. So yeah, I think that's, that needs to be also factored in as to, how individual runners uh, perform as it gets longer. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, even just um, not tying yourself to that time as well because come yeah. race day, I mean, you just don't know. could be hot, could be windy, could be wet. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many things. Um, and I'd say like those calculators, I think, tend to skew themselves towards if everything's perfect. Um, and it's sort of, it takes a little bit of the fun and the mystery out of the training yeah. as well, I reckon. I think as coaches and and coach and athlete, they're definitely you will depending on the situation and whether the person is is aiming for or the athlete is aiming for a specific time, and you may have looked at you'll be looking at when we when you're sitting down and you're going through race planning, you go these are this is about the range we think we're in. Um, they're certainly not just looking at that calculator and going, well, that that's where you'll probably be at. It's having a look at the the overall program. And, and you can get some real indicators from sessions and feedback in sessions as well. Um, it is, the marathon is, we just don't get the opportunity to go and run. Like, you know, the 10K, you, you've got form. You've, you've done the 10K and you know, okay, we're doing another 10K in four weeks. Then like, I've got a really good indicator, but... Sometimes with the marathon, the beauty of it is that, yeah, there is a little bit of the unknown as to what you can actually do on the day. That's it. And even just um, things like how your body responds to nutrition, um, mm. you know, it's hard to factor that into a calculator. Um, yeah. You know, just those sorts of things. So, yeah, it, it's an interesting one. It'd be, it'd be good to go through and have a look at, you know, take just samples of athletes through, yeah, there's that sort of two ten bracket, and then some in that two thirty bracket through to the three hour, and just take samples of their most recent half marathons and see how it genuinely does stack up. Mm. But yeah, in my in my experience, it's generally been at least ten minutes. Um, yeah, and that's and that's like a good a really good day if you sort of doubled and then added ten. Mm. Yeah, I know I'm a lot more confident when I'm you know in a ten or a half. I I can sort of know within the minute or within 30 seconds where off training where I'm at, whereas a marathon, I can think I'm in that shape. And then <laughs> I know, and I thought I was in X shape and it's come out quicker. So it is, it is so there is, it's just the nature of the, the longer the event is, the more chance that something can happen that could either go two ways. You know, you can, you can pick up time in the marathon. Like a lot of people forget that you can actually start to really creep back time um, mm. as, as because there is so many k's in it you know picking up a second a k over you know 20 k's is, is a lot um, mm-hmm. and that's that is being really conservative if you get going you can you can really put some seconds in um so yeah and i know over the so it's a, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a really good question and i know a lot of athletes will be um leading you know the next few weeks starting to zero in on those goals, time and goal paces and their, their conversations to have really openly with your, with, with coaches. I think that's really important as you, as you form that race plan. 
And I know we'll be chatting a lot more about uh, their taper week. We'll have Soph hopefully back on uh, the next week or two. We'll definitely get her, well, we'll try and get her before the race <laughs> so we can get her, get her thoughts on, um, yeah, how she's going in the taper. And it's all, all these sort of things that, that are going to come up as we as we get closer to Melbourne and and like we mentioned London that same weekend and Berlin's not far off. Mm. Oh, maybe be good to get Soph back on. We can have a taper chat. We can do some carb loading. Um, yeah, all all the sort of nitty gritty stuff that um, distance runners absolutely love. Yeah, for sure, mate. Well, it's been a big episode. It's been uh, yeah, been great to chat. A big um yeah big thank you to steve for jumping on i think we we both um we both enjoyed hearing that there's some some real gold in there for, for the listeners i think oh absolutely and stuff that can be used for any race it doesn't just have yeah. to be for a marathon that's um you know anything you know in training so no. yeah start trialing some of those things he was talking about in your, in your sessions i think that's a good way to implement them mm. nice one mate well um we will chat again next week um any any housekeeping at the moment oh um run to pv post-race marathon party mm-hmm. got a venue in richmond from four o'clock we'll put it in the that'll be going out to the members on an email as to where it is but um yeah that'll be cool to catch up with uh i know a lot of the, the listeners are part of the group and we'll be catching up there so that's exciting chris yeah, no, I hope to just still be standing by that stage. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might be passed out in a chair in the corner somewhere, but um, no, I, I will, I do intend to be there. So, yeah, yeah no, it should be good. Awesome, mate. Well, until next week, enjoy your training, mate. No, too easy, mate. You too. Take care and looking forward to hearing what Al's got in store for you over the next week. Yeah, so am I actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Take care. All right, see you, Zaka. Yeah.